Welcome back to the Biblical Principles Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you being here with us, and I want you to know that I count it a blessing to be a part of your life spiritually. We work together. We're co-laborers together with Christ, trying to take the Word of God and use it, trying to take the Word of God and teach it, trying to take the Word of God and present it to a lost and a dying world. And uh, it's not all about me, and it's not all about you, but it is all about Him, and that Him being God, and God being Christ. So, by way of introduction, I do want to tell you, before we get started, that we are going to be dealing with the topic of hell, the topic of hell. Now, I don't want you to think that I'm going to paint a bunch of scary pictures of hell. My desire behind this podcast is not to scare you into getting saved. I I have no desire at all to do that. But I do believe, as part of the podcast being called Biblical Principles, that we would teach the principles of the Bible. And one of those principles is hell. And hell is not a fairy tale. It's not a it's not some sort of some sort of mystical place, but it's a real place that really exists where real men, real women, real boys and real girls that are not saved will go and will be punished for their sins. And before we get started, if you got your Bible, you can turn to the book of Luke, chapter 16. That's where we'll start today. Before we get started, though, I want to give you a good definition of the word hell. Hell, a place of perpetual fire where the wicked are punished after death. Hell, a place of perpetual fire where the wicked are punished after death. The book of Luke, chapter 16, and we'll begin our reading in verse number 19. The book of Luke, chapter 16, and we'll begin our reading in verse number 19. The Bible says, and what I want to do is I want to read the scriptures, and then I'll stop at the end of some of the verses and kind of expound a little bit so we can get a picture of hell. And I don't want you to think that I'm going to exhaust this subject because there is there's no way that I could do this and um, exhaust the subject. But I do want to pique your interest in the subject, also give you an understanding of the subject, and at the same time give you some scripture references that you can use as you try to deal with people on the subject of hell. So here in the book of Luke chapter 16, I want to start our scripture reading in verse number 19. The Bible says, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Now you'll notice that both of these men had lives, but both of these men died. And that is where verse number 23 picks up, is right after death. And in hell, he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. Now, the first thing I want you to notice about hell is that there's torments there. What are those torments? I don't know. 
But I do know torments is not a good thing. It wouldn't be a pleasant thing. And I also want you to notice something else about hell that you can see in hell. Verse number 23, and in hell, he lift up his eyes. So he could obviously see the surroundings that were going on around him, just as in our very physical body, which we possess. Now we can see in that body, that eternal body, you will be able to see as well. If you're not saved and you end up in hell, you'll be able to see what's going on. I also want you to notice something else about this verse that's just there by way of you just kind of have to see this, that the fire does not burn this man up instantly, but he's able to take an account of what's going on around him, meaning that this does not end as soon as, as soon as it begins, but it is a lengthy process that will last for all of eternity. Verse 24, And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. You'll notice another thing that he does in verse number 24. This is what happens in hell, a place of perpetual fire where the wicked are punished after death. You'll notice in verse number 24 that he cried and he also said, so not only can he see, but he's also crying and he's talking. And you'll notice that he has a thirst. He says this, all he wants is for Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool his tongue. And why is that? Because at the end of verse number 24, the Bible says that he said, I am tormented in this flame. There's that word torment again. And you'll notice behind it is flame, which is that fire that we're talking about, that never dying, burning for all of eternity fire. Verse number 25, but Abraham said, son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and thou art tormented. You'll notice in verse number 25, something else that this man possesses in this body that's fitted for destruction. His memory, the Bible says, remember that thou in thy lifetime he could remember what had happened here in this lifetime. Now, I don't know if he remembered going to church or if he remembered reading the Word of God, but the Bible makes it very clear here that this man could remember what had happened here on earth. Verse 26, And besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. You'll also notice that in hell, that the people who are saved cannot get to the people who are not saved. And also the people who are not saved cannot get to the people who are saved, because there is a great gulf there. But if you'll look at verse number 26 right there in the first few words of the verse, it makes this statement, and besides all this, as if everything he had listed up to that point was not terrible enough, he says, on top of that, there's no way out. Verse 27, 
And he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. As we see here in the book of Luke, chapter number 16, this place of perpetual fire where the wicked are punished after death, known as hell, is not a happy place. It's not a place where I see a bunch of fun going on, but it's a place of torments. Now let's take our Bible and turn to the book of Psalm, chapter 9, in verse number 17. The book of Psalm, chapter 9, in verse number 17. The Bible says, The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all nations that forget God, clearly telling us that the wicked are going to be turned into hell. And also, the nations that forget God will find themselves in the place called hell. Hell is not a happy place. Remember, it's a place of perpetual fire where the wicked are punished after death. And I don't think we need to go into a big, long, drawn-out debate on what the wicked are. The wicked are just sinners who have never been saved. And then let's turn over quickly to the book of Proverbs, chapter 27, in verse number 20. The book of Proverbs, chapter 27, in verse number 20. The Bible says, Hell and destruction are never full, so the eyes of man are never satisfied. I want you to notice something else about hell here. The Bible says that it's never full. It's never going to come to a point where in hell they say, Well, there's no more room for any more sinners. There's no more room for anyone who didn't accept Jesus. No, the Bible says it's never full. And then the book of Isaiah, chapter 5, and verse number 14. Isaiah, chapter 5, and verse number 14. Therefore hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure, and their glory and their multitude and their pomp, and he that rejoiceth shall descend into it. You'll notice not only is hell never full, but also, hell has the potential to enlarge herself. And if we could take a, a quick understanding of the Bible, I would like for you to understand that, first off, that hell was never prepared for man, but hell was a place that per, was prepared for the devil and his angels, those who had tried to take over heaven and were thrown out of heaven. But man chooses to go to hell because he will not accept Jesus Christ as his Savior. So for all the men, women, boys, and girls who do not get saved, hell has, has to enlarge herself to make room for those who will not be saved. You say, well, hell's an awful, terrible place. Let me tell you this. The half has not been told about hell it's a place of perpetual fire where the wicked are punished after death. 
But there's one thing for sure about hell. God never designed hell for anybody to go there. That's why he designed his son to die on a cross for our sins and pay our sin debt so that we could accept him as Savior, be saved, and miss hell, and enjoy the paradise of God. Isaiah chapter 14 and verse number 9. Isaiah chapter 14 and verse number 9. Hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. It stirreth up the dead for thee, even all the chief ones of the earth. It hath raised up from their thrones all the kings of the nations. Look at this. It says, Hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. Could I say that hell is ready for those who reject God? It's not, it's not that the fire has to get started, but it's a place of perpetual fire where the wicked are punished after death. After that last breath is drawn, unfortunately, the soul of mankind has to spend it somewhere. And that somewhere can be decided with a simple choice of whether or not we're going to accept Christ as our Savior, whether or not we're going to come to Him and repent of our sin and turn to God. Look in the book of Matthew, chapter 5, and verse number 29 and 30. Matthew, chapter 5, and verse number 29 and 30. This is what Jesus said about hell. And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. Verse number 30. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. Now, I do want you to understand something here, that Jesus is not talking about us physically plucking our eye out or us physically cutting our hand off. What he's saying is, it would be better for you to do that than to go to hell. See, he made a way where we could go to heaven, but he made it very clear that the price tag that one has to pay if they do not accept Jesus as their Savior is the price tag labeled hell, where they will, be, where they will spend eternity in a place of perpetual fire where the wicked are punished after death. Matthew chapter 10 and verse number 28. Matthew chapter 10 and verse number 28. The Bible says, And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. And God's not saying here in the book of Matthew chapter 10 and verse number 28 that we shouldn't be afraid of somebody who's going to kill us, but it says that we should be more afraid of the one who, after we die, is able to put us in hell if we're not saved, and that's God. And while we're here, we do need to realize that a reverential fear of God is a very healthy thing to have. It will, it will, keep, you, it will keep you from finding yourself in a lot of problems and will also keep you from finding yourself in hell. Matthew chapter 23 and verse number 15. Matthew chapter 23 and verse number 15. 
The Bible says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye compass sea and land to make one proselyte, and when he is made, ye make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. Jesus here is rebuking those religious Pharisees, those religious scribes. He called them hypocrites. And unfortunately, religion is probably one of the worst pits for a man, woman, boy, or girl to get out of. Why? Because they think, because they're religious, that it's going to save them from hell. But the only thing that will save you from hell is whether or not you've ever trusted Jesus Christ as, as Savior. Matthew 23 and verse 33. Matthew 23 and verse 33. He's still dealing with the scribes and Pharisees here. If you want to go back later and read the book of Matthew 23, it'll, it'll give you a very good context of how Jesus dealt with religious people. The Bible says, Ye serpents, ye generation of vipers, how can ye escape the damnation of hell? He asked them the question. These religious people that were doing so good, that were so smart, that had all the answers, he asked them this. He said, how are you going to escape the damnation of hell? There's only one answer to that question, and that's to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Second Peter chapter 2 and verse number 4. The book of Second Peter chapter 2 and verse number 4. The Bible says this, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them in chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. That's an interesting verse there in Second Peter. God did not even spare the angels. The instant they messed up, he cast them down to hell and chained them up. And here we sit upon this earth, breathing air, living our life, enjoying all the benefits that the world has to offer, not realizing that there's but a step between us and death. And at that point, it doesn't matter how much money we've made. It doesn't matter how good of a person we've, made, we've been. The only thing that's going to matter is whether or not we've ever accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. I want to thank you again for joining us for the Biblical Principles Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can forward them over to us. Biblicalprinciples at juno.com, all lowercase letters, no spacing. Biblicalprinciples at juno.com. Thank you, and Godspeed to the brethren.